We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Miami Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, we have our uh, 2K coach and uh, pregame and host, Frankie G. Let's talk bigs. We're going to get big today. We're talking about the big man rotation. And a face to the right of me, if you're watching on stream on twitch.tv slash Miami Heat Beat, that you can catch all our shows, postgame, all that good stuff. Uh, we have Jack Alfonso, a familiar old friend. Jack, hi. This handsome man go dolphins the dolphins yeah are not they they annihilated the giants correct yeah i just yeah they didn't even play well my jags got the win against the bills which by the way you're welcome because that helps you in the division so you know huge win for the jags for us yeah the jags <laughs> huge that. win for me huge win for you guys i also don't believe we play this year correct i don't believe the jags and the dolphins play. so we're all happy so. everyone's happy you know, I'm happy. Well, My friends who are Dolphin fans are happy. We're all happy. Fuck the Bills. I think we can all agree. Josh Allen's a dweeb. And uh, the Heat are in a scrimmage right now. Cole Swindler has 16 points in seven minutes. That seems pretty good. Jimmy's taking left-handed shots. That that seems um that, that seems that seems like something. I know Bam was taking corner threes in warmups. Brady Hawk on the scene. But today, you know, that's not on TV. So you're gonna rock with us here. Today, we're going to talk about the Heat big man rotation. We're going to preview all three big positional groups, like food groups, right? You know, we got the bigs who are like the carbs. You got the wings who are like the protein. And then you have like the veggies and fruits, which are like the guards, right? So, uh, chat says Cold Swindler sounds like a made-up name. Uh, I actually thought he was a magic player. I didn't know he played for the Heat. Uh, funny. That's enough. Cole Anthony. Yeah. Well, There's no way that's how you pronounce the name, by the way. I was thinking about it before the Swindler? show. Well, how do I, I was like, do I know how to pronounce it? The, first, there's no N in there. No, you're there's right. no it's L. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Cole Swindler. Is it, 
He's the Swindler. I'm going to call him Cole Swindler. It sounds way better, bro. Cole Swindler <laughs> sounds contract, like... Uh, I'll be Cole Swindler. He sounds like a guy who would jump off a plane with like a briefcase of money and disappear into the forest. That's what he's going to do. He's going to earn that five years, $75 million and swindle the heat. There is a guy who did that. I, I forget his name. Watch the Duncan Robinson. <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Oh yeah, Tyler Johnson. That's my, that's my guy. Oh, we'll say, we'll say. Oh, Tyler Johnson. We'll say, <laughs> well, I will. I saw somebody tweet out. It's like the the Heat haven't made a good decision since giving Tyler Johnson the bag. And I was like, I want to say something. I was the first one on that train. All you did people. You see, huh? Did you see the Celtics fan who was like, "This is the guy the NBA let us get," and it was Kristaps Porzingis highlights, but it was highlights like when Chris Bosh was in the league. <laughs> It was him hitting like a jump hook over like Cavs Kevin Love. Like it was like he, dude, he that hit, was he dunked over he hit a fadeaway over Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> Frank the tank who looks like a pool noodle. Um all right guys, so we we're gonna preview big men today, and I, I think this is the easiest of the three positional groups. I think there's one big question, which is gonna be yeah. who backs up Bam. And let's let's just start at the top there. We we can end the show with Bam. I think we all know what we're going to get from him. Like we can talk about what we expect. Um, Vainhype says he hit a three over Hassan Whiteside. Um, <laughs> you know, big, big, big accomplishment. We got to talk about their, their, their backup big mess has been a problem for a long time since Deadman was good. Because Deadman came in and Deadman... <laughs> Schmitten says Jack looks like bloated Rachel Maddow. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Try to do my job. <laughs> of the Schmidt and Schmolnick Jack insults when I come on here, that's almost a compliment. I'll oh take my it. god! I listen. <laughs> if you guys are listening on the pod app, I suggest you you tune in on YouTube or on Twitch every once in a while so that you can you can see these jokes to life because there's nothing like it. But so the Heat's backup big uh, Frankie has been in disarray since Deadman was good, right? So Deadman came in and he seemingly fixed the problem. Then Deadman yep. became bad again. And they have had Cody Zellers and Orlando Robinson and a revolving door of guys. So we, we, let's start with Thomas Bryant as the first guy, because he's kind of the, the guy that they got in free agency. He's, I think the guy, the fans are most excited to see what he can provide. I, I we got to start with his defense, right? We, we can get to the good later. He's like one of the worst defensive players in the league. Uh, our, our friends over at B-Ball Index rated him, I think, the second worst um, center defensively in the league with at least 500 minutes. Frankie, I, I just – I don't know if, if he's going to get the job, but that's going to be an issue considering how small they are at the wings. So um, him coming to Miami gives me a little bit of hope. I know, this is Jack's guy. He went to Indiana. Uh we followed him since he was in college. We, uh, you know, we've heard fans get excited about this guy as a prospect. He's got measurables, offensive talent, uh, a plenty, of course. He's got a seven-six wingspan. Uh, you can't teach that stuff, right? But the problem is, he doesn't have the will to do it. He every t- every team, it's that meme that like, no, everybody everybody tries this guy. It w- doesn't work for everybody, but it might work for us. Um, that's what the Heat are hoping for. At least buy them some rotation time until Lando is fully ready. But 
there will be a stretch uh, where Thomas Bryant, you know, fills in for Bam admirably and makes a, uh, has like a five game stretch where he uh, goes off and, and plays really well. And there will be uh, six to five reasons podcasts of like, can they trade Bam for and, and uh, promote Thomas Bryant? Because, you know, they Ethan will take advantage of that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the no, goat, but the <laughs> marketing goat, Ethan. Ethan's going like the marketing goat. No one's doing it like Ethan. Ethan has 67 Dame podcasts out there. Le- what a fucking legend. What a what a talent. What a talent. Um, shout out to Ethan. That's my guy. Um, no, but Thomas, is, like offensively, he gives them what they need um, in the on the bench. Um, he's going to score. Jimmy's going to like him. And Jimmy, hopefully, the hope is you can surround him with enough wings uh, and defensive talent that they can hide him and, and get him to buy in and, and just do the minimum. Which, with his size, and he's a good rebounder. He's not he's not a, bat, a terrible rebounder or anything. And offensively, he's going to help. So, you know, you hope he gets buy-in. He's, he should be motivated. He's uh, been a journeyman already. He's only like 25, 26 years old. And he wants to get paid. He hasn't earned that, that big deal. Uh, was doing a really great job with the Lakers last year. And then what happens with Thomas Bryant every year happened. Uh, got traded to Denver and then basically saw no playing time. So, you know, uh, hope is he buys in, but you know, I, I, I think he's just an innings eater for the regular season. Jack. So Bam's going to play about four, you know, 34 ish minutes, you know, a game. That's kind of where his average levels out. A guy like Thomas Bryant has to survive 14 minutes, you know, without him. And we've talked, we've talked a lot over the years of Bam giving a unit a lead and it evaporates. And then Bam has to, play more minutes than he should, especially given his kind of knee tendonitis. And it's not fair to put that much load on him. Not As it is, he has to do so much defensively. So if a guy like Thomas Bryant can't hold the lead, it's a problem. Are, are, is that something that you're worried about? Or do you think that like his offense, like he shot 44% from three last year. He's a great rim finisher. He's in the top percentile every year. He shot 73% at the rim last year. It's in the 93rd percentile. Like he's like really like helpful offensively, but it's like, can they can they survive that? Yeah, I mean, I I think it depends on how the rest of the roster shapes out around him. Um, look, I like Frankie said, I'm a big Thomas Bryant fan. I've been watching him since um, he was 18. Like, that's that's a guy who has had success with the Hoosiers specifically oh. in lineups where. <laughs> They had generational wing defensive talent. They were playing OG and Anobi next to him. And when you have guys like that next to him, it matters a little less that you're a defensive sieve. But <laughs> I I mean, look, Deadman was not some like great defender. Zeller was a smart defender, but you know, old and you know, varying levels of bad at times. Um Yurtsevin couldn't defend. Like it's not like any of their bench bigs over the past. I don't know who's the last bench big that they've had that was like defensive neutral or de- a defensive plus. I think like, like outside of spots of Zeller. I think Deadman for a stretch, like when he first got on the team, for, for a very for like, short yeah. stretch. Or I, I, Vane hype says Willie fucking Reed legend parts of willie reed but like i mean i i think what brian offers offensively 
dwarfs, whatever Deadman offered, whatever Zeller offered offensively. And those guys weren't offensive scrubs, but like, you know, they brought Bryant here for a reason. Um, that dude's a shooter. He's a big body. Um, he can rebound. He closes out possessions. Like, I don't think it's going to be such a disaster with him on the floor, at least not in the regular season. Like, I agree with Frankie that I think he's an innings eater in the regular season. Come playoff time, I don't really know how he stays in the rotation. Yeah. I I want to be encouraged by the fact that he chose to come to Miami. I want to believe in, as I have always wanted to believe, that Thomas Bryant could live up to like his hype coming out of high school, but he just kind of never has. And guys like those don't just like suddenly figure it out. And I don't think it's just a matter of him like not wanting to play defense. I do just think got some guys don't have like the aptitude, the acumen, the focus. I don't know what it is because I'm not on that level of like basketball, but I, it's clearly more complicated than just like, okay, I'm going to try on defense now. Cause if it was, I think Thomas Bryant would be one of the best centers in the league because he's always had that talent. And I just don't believe that he's like lazy. Um, but I, you know, maybe suppose magic um, and can get him to like, select. I mean, Brian is younger than you think. Brian is my age. We went to IU at the same time. So, so Neither of us remember nine 11. Um, <laughs> Never forget. Uh, but like, I'm not suddenly going to get good at my job. I'm not suddenly going to be good at podcasting. So like, I don't know why Thomas Bryant would. We're eight years deep, dude. Like it's not happening for either of us. (laughs) I don't care if you have Spo coaching him or Ethan Skolnick coaching me. It's not happening for us. We need Barry Jackson to get in here. Whiplash whiplash us into shape. So the thing with Thomas Bryant is that like, they're going to have to play a drop with most of these backup centers and, and with Bryant in particular, like, you know, bam, they're going to switch with bam, obviously. And you're going to have to play him in, in a drop. And when you play him, a guy like him in a drop, you're susceptible to put up, pull up shooting. You're really depending on your guards to be able to get around screens. Maybe you can have a Josh Richardson lineup with, you know, another guard that you can kind of scrounge up some defensive minutes and you can get a pretty competent backcourt and have Jay rich kind of chase a guy around the screen and, 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 and I mean, he's a pretty good screen navigator, you know, stuff like that. Losing, that's where losing Gabe hurts because he's a guy that was really good at staying in front. I think a lot of this comes on the guards to kind of contain dribble penetration because you cannot leave Thomas Bryant on an island. And the other part about that is you're small on the back end. Your wings are small and you don't play too big. So that weak side helper, Miami typically like, you know, th- that guy's going to come help. But a lot of times good teams are going to manipulate that to be Kyle Lowry, as we saw in that Hawk playing game, right? They're going to set a really high screen. You're going to have a, a big kind of dead in space. Your guards can't contain. And now your help has to be, you better hope that Jimmy Butler is in kind of decent help position to kind of affect that at the rim. So that's the stuff that they haven't addressed because I don't think, and I don't want to talk too much about other positions, but I don't think Jovic is going to come in as a guy that's going to be that level of a defender yet. 
And Hawkes too. That's a lot asking for these young guys who are going to be like your new additions at the wing. And again, it's just putting a lot on Jimmy and Bam. Bam to build a good enough lead for Jimmy. It's like, okay, well, our guards, if our guards can't contain, I got to make sure that I'm pinching in. But if I'm pinching in, now that that's that shooter's one pass away, it creates a lot of problems. And that's typically been their backup center issue. And with Thomas Bryant, it just seems like more of the same, except, you know, he's going to provide some offense. So let's talk about that offense because he's probably the best pick and pop shooter that they've had in a long time. Probably the best by percentage, I would believe. I think Thomas Bryant. Yeah. Thomas Bryant shot really, really well um, from three last year. So that's an element that I think you kind of want to pair him with Jimmy. Mm -hmm. I even think that they can try to play him with Bam some. Now we know, huh? They're playing him with Bam right now. They they started him with Bam in this uh, little scrimmage game that's going on right now. Yeah, bro, he shot forty (laughs) four percent from three last year. You know that that's that's something. You know what I mean? And, And I don't like two big lineups, and I do think that they'll struggle. But at least. You know, you can, as we talked about that that help. You could you could put Bam help back there. You can provide some spacing, but I think his shooting unlocks those more versatile lineups. Um, I still would probably rather play Kevin Love with Bam because I think Love provides more stuff. But I think it's worth a look, Frankie. I think it's worth a look. I mean, you you have questions about Kevin Love defensively, anyways. So. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So I was like, I think it's worth a look. No, for sure. I, and the the main thing is is having bam healthy for the playoffs so if if you can save him a little bit and have him have to bang against the big guys all season you know do it like we saw we saw how uh fresh he i mean you know a lot of it was the bubble but um the whole uh jimmy's first year bam had was guarding fours and and playing with myers and uh redacted excuse me uh but you know he looked good with that uh, defensively, he he had a, he had his breakout season. Uh, was a first time All Star. Like save him, save him for that. And you want that versatility. Like a lot of teams play are able to play both, and and Miami's one of the few t- that can't. So if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You can move on. There's no strings uh, holding you to to that li- uh, lineup. You know, Jack. I, I think it's interesting. I, I I think that they have they have potential to play bigger. And to kind of, I still think him, he's a problem. And I think when you, what happens when you play him with another big is you can kind of take Bam out of plays easier, right? Because now you're forced. Now Bam, you know, when Bam's the center, he's involved in almost every screen action. When Bryant is, is the center, or even if he's a power forward, he'll be defending the centers. Um, They will put him in screen actions. And sometimes if you do like, if you play a team that loves to, to shoot off DHOs, Bam's not involved in that play at all, right? Bam is just becomes a rebounder at that point, which I guess that's good because you have an extra body to off to, to, to rebound. Uh, that, that's a big body, but I don't know if that's beneficial for their defense, but certainly I think that there's potential to, I don't know, experiment, give teams a different looks, change the pace of the game. I'm not a fan of it, but I, I certainly think that it has some merits um, kind of going into the year. No, I, I, I think it's absolutely worth trying out in spurts. Um, you Spo know, hates it though. The NBA as yeah, Spo hates it, but like he'll try shit in the regular season. And I don't think it's a long-term solution. 
I don't think Thomas Bryant fits into their long-term solutions at all, but like, he's a bandaid. I think right. he's a bandaid. Um, he's a young guy who can give them a lot of minutes in the regular season. I think he can enable Bam to, is my mic so much louder I, I'll than fix it, I'll fix it, I'll what Fig says? I'll okay. Fix it, I'll fix it. Um, well, so what was I saying? That um, I think it enables Bam to um, do a lot more things that he probably shouldn't do in playoff situations, like handle the ball more, run the offense more. Like his handle's a little shaky sometimes. I don't personally love when he's controlling the offense in that way. But like in the regular season, when you're just kind of trying shit out, I, I certainly don't mind seeing Bam like do different things, operate with the offense differently, especially in a situation where they're going to lack ball handlers. They're going to lack um, people who can bring the ball up, get like dribble penetration. Like I, I, we're not talking about the guards right now and I don't want to get into that, but like everybody knows their point guard situation. Everybody in the league knows their point guard situation. It's one of the most like widely publicized positional situations in national sports right now. Like it's not good. It's not looking good. Um, I don't know how I feel about any of these like randos that they signed. Um, that's for another episode. Did but you like, just call Josh a rando? <laughs> look, jo I, I mean, they're point guards. I mean, Josh is firmly a wing to me. Like I, I know like, traditionally spo loves to force him to try to be a point guard they don't have a choice like, jack they're they're kind of out of a. but that's what i'm saying it's like if over the course of 82 games you can get bam more touches where he's controlling the offense dribbling more and he can get like even 10 percent more comfortable with that so that in the playoffs like you don't have to necessarily force a scrub point guard into the lineup and you can play, like, Bam, Jimmy, and a bunch of, like, off-ball guys, like, that'd be really nice. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, it, it, it it's just when we're talking about Thomas Bryant, it just seems like he's kind mm -hmm. of this stopgap in the regular season that allows them to experiment, to save guys' energy, to save guys' like you know, banging against get big bodies for 82 games, like save their, um, like bodies for the playoffs. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't know how he fits into their long-term plans, but like, I, I do think he can kind of be a poor man's Kelly O in lineups with Bam, like in the meantime, which is nice. I, I, I've never been a person who's like, Bam's not a five, Bam needs to move to four, but I have always been a person who's like, Bam is, versatile and it would maybe behoove them to play into that versatility a little bit and create a roster that allows them to sometimes switch bam over to the four um even if it's not like most of the time or even much of the time right i and, and g just sort of touch real quick on something you said uh you talked about like uh if if you play bigs with uh, a big next to bam that that bam's not involved as much they team started figuring that out last year. They'll force Bam to get a switch early and they'll stick him in the corner. And Bam had to like work his way to switch back into actions and, and move off ball 
to get involved more. So, I, you know, like I, I get what you're saying, but like teams have been trying to do that the same way they tried to do it with Kawhi before. And, uh, and they found success like that. It's and that's a big part. The, it's just easier with a, with a big, because I, I think. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that, that that was a big part of their uh, second half struggles defensively because Kevin Love was there. Uh, they were trying to protect Kevin and Tyler and uh, Bam and Jimmy were stretched thin. Uh, so, you know, it, um, there's there's definitely some merit to, to give some shot to it. You know, if Brian, if it's not, not working, you don't have to stick to it. Uh, but, you know, I think long-term finding some bigs that you can you can play uh, Bam next to, like an Al Horford type, a Kelly O type. We saw for many years um, that Bam and Kelly O were, con- were parts of the, of the best lineups that he could find. And that's... And listen, uh, they started with him. They started with him and redacted, and they were very successful. And even if they didn't play a lot together, that's you know that was, and they had a very good offense that year. Like their defense was shaky, yeah. but their offense was a top ten offense. Or a lot of that was for sure. Robinson, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, they I can afford some defensive slippage to like make it up on offense. They that's really right. need to figure out because I think that Spo will just figure out a defense that's good enough. Like he'll get you to a top thirteen. 12 defense right like he'll he'll do enough weird shit zone here weird lineup here like some weird guy at the five here for five minutes like they'll get to a lineup that they'll get to a place where their defense is like okay and in the playoffs Mm. when like guys have to play like 38 40 minutes like you know it'll 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 be a lot different but their offense needs to be fixed and i am i am a proponent of hey man if your defense kind of takes a hit whatever they need to find a way to get the offense out of the fucking mud bro because it was last year it was a struggle and i and gabe was hurt and max was out of position and they had a lot of regression and, and shit like that but they need to find a way to a make them fucking watchable because i mean frankie that was not a watchable product last year and they oh were God. deservedly a seven seed you know it was awful uh yeah man but that's part of the process and a big part of the process uh, issues was their backup big. So to, to get it back full circle, yeah. uh, Deadman was unplayable. Zeller didn't really bring anything to the table. The, at least Thomas Bryant will bring some juice offensively Bro. Uh, to the bench lineups. It may be tw- get a score 20, give up 20, but you know, it is what it is. And uh, that's, that's all that's better than the negative lineups that they were churning out last year. In 217 regular season minutes, Cody Zeller had a net rating of minus 12. Exactly. Dwayne Dedman in 350 regular season minutes, he was minus 10.4 net rating. That was worse. Zeller also played like 100, like less, fewer minutes. Um, like it was, it was bad. And, and, and I think this is a good transition to a, a big that was good on the Heat when Bam sat was Kevin Love. And they didn't have a lot of success together. In the regular season, when they shared the court, the Heat were minus 4.2 in about 300 minutes, which is not a small sample size. That mm. lineup really didn't work. It, it kind of came to life in the playoffs, and that was a matchup-dependent kind of move that they did against Milwaukee that, by the way, worked to match up mm. Milwaukee's size as Brooke Lopez put him in the in the torture chamber. But <laughs> Kevin, without Bam, in 136 minutes, they were plus 21 and, and with a 136 offensive rating. And Bam without Kevin, they're they're plus three, they're plus two and a half, right? Like good, good, good. That's most of them in the regular season, anyway. But and if I include only games that they played, let me uh, kind of 
put that filter so we can get an adequate number. Uh, Bam was a little minus without Kevin uh, to, uh, to, to laugh a little bit. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So I think Love is going to play a role, man. I think that they'll try three guys at backup center. I think they'll try Love and Bam. I think they'll try Love at the four. They'll try Love at backup five. They're going to try all sorts of – fuck it. They might even go Thomas Bryant and Love at the same time. Let's get weird, bro. Let's just have let's just have no defense. Um, I doubt <laughs> Spo will ever do that. If Spo does that, that's the one thing I – if Spo does that, that'd be fucking crazy. But Kevin was really good for them last season, and I think that Jack, he's a 16-game player. And I thought you saw in the playoffs, he made big play after big play, and that experience matters. And I don't think he has to play a huge role in the regular season, but I think he's a good option to have in the playoffs because he's a guy that, bro, he's been there. He's won titles. He's won a title, I should say. He's been to two finals. Gave them, I mean, defensively, sneaky, like, good hands, sneaky, good charges. Like, he does all this shit that he knows that he's limited, and and he he survived. And 
Jack, I'm excited to see him for the full season in a camp. I liked his fit. I don't think his minutes should be very high, but I think ultimately he's kind of like, okay, we're, you're here for those last 16 games, those last 16 wins. Am I crazy? Yeah. You, you, I mean, you, I'm excited. You think I'm crazy? No, you're not you're crazy making a face. You're making a face. Did I say something wild? No, I love Kevin Love. I'm so excited that he's still on the Heat. He's incredible vibes. He's a championship player. He's a 16. He's like the anti-Kyle. He's like the anti-Kyle for vibes. He's maybe the anti-Kyle, but he also has a lot of the same qualities of Kyle, yeah, which yeah. makes me worried. It's like 16-game <laughs> guy. Sure. Cool. Nice. Love it. Um, you have to get to those 16 games, and like, I do kind of worry that, like you're talking about, like I don't think he should play that much in the regular season. I think he's going to play plenty in the regular season. That's bad. Probably too much. That's bad. <laughs> like, yeah, but it is bad, but, and we'll get to it. Like, I don't know what else they're going to do because that's just the way the roster is shaped out. That's the way, like, every report is kind of suggested that he's the starting four. Um, but yeah, I mean, he offers a ton. He could just, like, not be able to walk at all, and he would <laughs> still be maybe the best outlet, pa- outlet passer in the league still. Like, that alone gets their offense to a point where it's more watchable. And we saw that immediately when he stepped on the court. Um, I'm excited about him. I'm a huge beach boys fan. Um, <laughs> so I'm all about Kevin love and his family. Cool guy. Just good vibes all around. Good vibrations, man. <laughs> I love that guy, dude. I, I listen, just, he dunked, he dunked in practice the other day. He looks slim. I was like, what I'm surprised. He, I'm surprised he's playing after that dunk. Honestly, honestly, I'm shocked. <laughs> he got up, bro. He got up, and Jack's he right. Did. Frankie, I'm scared that I'm, I'm scared that he's going to be important in the regular season. Um, I like what you said about him being the backup five because I felt like Spo abandoned that too early. Like, sure, it wasn't all great, but it was way more reliable than uh, Zeller, and at least the numbers his highs good. Yeah, his. His highs were were more effective. He at least gives you that pick and, and pop option. Uh, why didn't he Zellin play? Didn't... Frankie, excuse me. My, why didn't he play backup five? Was he hurt in the playoffs? Please excuse me. My grandmother was passing during the final, so that's all a blur to me. Did he get hurt? Why was why did Cody Zeller cost them a title? No, because Spo just didn't trust those lines. That was it. I don't remember. That was it. It was he would try it a few minutes here and there, but it wasn't like even in every game thing. It would, uh, and uh, they played zone with Zeller anyway. So and and Kevin was good in at the bottom of the zone. He was taking charges. He was rebounding. He was a pick and pop threat with Jimmy. He was past a good passer. He was a if you put him a small on him, he'll post him up and score. Like I don't understand why. I so, still don't understand why Spo abandoned that Kevin, option. It wasn't great. Kevin. It wasn't great every game. It wasn't even solid every game. But it was it had more upside than Zeller did. So Kevin No Bam Eric's in the playoffs was minus nine for hundred possessions. Go what ahead. was Zeller? I'll look. Jack, go ahead. Minus hundred. <laughs> Eric Spolstra putting Cody Zeller in that fourth quarter in game five is the most inexplicable game losing decision a Miami head coach has made in the past year. Except for no, I think it's worse. Except for one that comes I think it's to worse. Pretty recently, I, I think I it's worse than the no knee. I think playing Zeller was an act of terror. It was. I couldn't believe yeah, well, it. it. <laughs> I tweeted it at happen. the time. I go, "What are you doing?" That guy came in the game. I was like, 
That's an elimination game. What the fuck? Bam, get in there. You're not resting. You, we, you, today was the anniversary of Jimmy Butler keeled over, fucking dying. Bam, that has to be you, bro. I'm sorry. I, Le, he, Jimmy has to guard LeBron and AD. You just got to guard Jokic and Murray. I'm sorry, bro. What pissed me off about it was that I'm a Cody Zeller fan. I thought, I think his tenure with the Heat is very underrated because <laughs> of how it ended. I have a like, crazy He stat. gave them serviceable minutes, but <laughs> that it wasn't his fault that he was playing, okay? Like, it was Spo's fault. Like, it was a front don't get mad fault. at Cody Zeller. It, don't get mad at Cody Zeller. It was, get mad it at was, it was your fault for not being better. Don't get mad at Cheney for fumbling. Get mad at Cristobal for not knowing how time works. God Frankie, damn it. Cody Zeller was miraculously plus 1.7 in 174 playoff minutes. That's all the Knicks series. <laughs> that has to be that that comeback against the that fake comeback in game two against the Bucks. That was all I, the I Knicks series. I cannot explain the plus 1.7. That has to be that game two comeback. Where he was in with Duncan and all those other people. He was awful, man. I don't care. Fuck those numbers. I'm, listen, when I say fuck Cody Zeller, I mean fuck Cody Zeller, the Miami Heat postseason basketball player. Cody Zeller as a person, I'm sure is a great, nice man. Nothing but respect to the Zellers. This is the most G has ever defended a white man. Cody, Cody Zeller. Not fuck the, Tyler Zeller. Tyler, I, that, don't say all respect to the Zellers like they're the same guy. Like, Cody Zeller's cool. Cody, Tyler Zeller's. That's a Cody. Cody's married, you know. That doesn't guarantee anything. It's crazy how like Caleb's twin is Cody, and the Heat have another twin that's Cody. It's not that crazy. I just thought of that. That's so crazy, it's man. I mean, Cody. It's so crazy, bro. We that's could so we could crazy, lead the league bro. in Cody's. Oh my god. But Riley doesn't want to. So that's not a good strategy. <laughs> It's too many Cody's. <laughs> he won't do it well. He had he had a Morris twin too. We did. We had R.I.P. And and we had the worst twin for the Morris twins, and we thought we got the worst Martin twin. We actually got the way better Martin twin. <laughs> Crazy. Thank you, J. Cole. Thank you, J. Cole. So that's that's kind of where we are with with kind of our stretch bigs and love and and Thomas. No, Bryant. you're forgetting no. the young guy. Well, I was gonna go to Orlando Robinson next, and I missed him. Yeah, that's another that's stretch big. That's another stretch big. Wow, were you not paying attention to our summer league breakdowns, Gianni? Bro, I was so no, I don't know. I didn't watch a second of summer league. Wow. Okay, so we broke it down in summer league. You and Lou, Lando, you and yeah. Lou killed it in summer league. I, I remember one day they were they were playing a summer league game, and I was literally sitting on Key Biscayne. I looked at my phone. I go, huh. And then you're just like, hey, can Lou and I do a post-game show? I go, for what? And you're like, the preseason game? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I disconnected. Um, is he shooting now? Yeah, he, he shot a lot of pick-and-pop threes. Really? Uh, Lando? Yeah. He, he looked great. I was going to say, he, like, ideally, you want in a perfect world Orlando to win the spot in, in, in preseason. I think – the best case scenario for the Heat is Orlando mm. just wows, and he can kind of because he's arguably, I mean, he for sure has the most upside out of any of these guys, right? Like he's the youngest, <laughs> he has the most to grow. He's really athletic. He's long. He's big. He's great. What happened, Jack? 
Are, am I insane? Did we already talk about Nikola Jovic? No, no we did. Talking about uh. <laughs> yeah, but you're like saying like, oh, we're almost done with the stretch bigs. He has the most upside, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I don't. I don't think of Jovic as a big. I think of Jovic as like a as a wing. I think of him as. A, I'm talking about like our centers. That's fair enough. Fair I enough. mean, but Spo, Spo does play him at the five, so I think we Jovic? should. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, yeah, we should talk a little. Joe. Well, let, let's let's talk a little Lando. We don't have to talk about him. We'll like, talk, we'll talk, I, I didn't plan I, for I Jovic mean, today, but I didn't, but uh, we can talk. Let's talk Lando, then we'll get into some Jovic. Don't let me derail the plans. Well, um, how about look, this? We'll do Jovic. Chat said it earlier. We'll do Jovic as a big and as a wing, just to give Bond a chance. That's fine. Because Bond loves Bond loves Nico. Okay, give um, Bond a chance. Yes, yeah, just give Bond <laughs> give Bond some Nico minutes. Um, so Lando, Lando's Lando's listed at seven feet. He's the tallest. He's the tallest motherfucker on the team. He's not seven feet tall. That's Listen, not true. He's listed at seven. Feet. I I don't believe in that. He's two thirty five uh, pounds though. No, I gotta get that weight up. He looked very good, um, offensively in summer league. Um, Killard here in the chat has been kind of talking about it. Our whole like Thomas Bryant conversation. He said, "Are we sure that Bryant will be the backup center?" Um, he spelled center like a British person or a Canadian person. Kind of sense. Um, then he said, it feels like it's going to be Orlando Robinson at this point. And then he mentioned that 13 and 10 in today's scrimmage for, in 24 minutes for Orlando Robinson. He shot the ball really well in summer league. I thought he looked really good. Um, there are defensive concerns there. You mentioned his weight. Um, it It's not like he's going to be some breakout star um but i do think um he's one of the big breakout candidates like as a role player for them especially with their shallow big lineup especially in a situation where it's like thomas bryant's gonna get the first shot at it but we just discussed his big like deficiencies orlando's a young guy he's been in the heat system we know they like him enough to have kept him on board. Um, they they signed him to like a real deal for like multiple years, and he earned it. He earned it. I I think he earned it, and I think anybody who watched summer league, so you know, two of us on this game, <laughs> um, we're we're excited about him. I don't know. I he was very clearly the best player on the Heat despite them having a very talented summer league roster. Like, Jovic was very impressive. They had some impressive guard play. Um, but Lando was the guy who was like, oh, this might be the best player in summer league, period, right yeah. now. Like, so, he was that good. Orlando, I don't know how much that means, but, you know, hit shots or hit shots. To your point, Jack, last regular season, so even before, like, the summer of improvement, Orlando was plus three. 3.6 net rating as the as as a you know when he was on the court which essentially meant he did not play with bam ever so he was a positive when he was their backup center right and i know kind of toward the end teams started to kind of attack him more and his minutes kind of you know spoke spoke kind of retracted that but he played really well in his kind of limited time he for sure is green and he had some deficiencies frankie but i mean that's a guy that I'm excited for. I think we should want, you know, we and we talked about this a little bit, you know, before how the Heat always had guys in the pipeline, right? Like Duncan Robinson didn't come out of nowhere. 
Duncan Robinson right. was on the team when Dwayne Wade was here, right? He caught the oop. Got the, he caught the oop, right? Duncan Robinson was a guy that was in their system for a couple years, and when he got his opportunity, when he got his, like, real opportunity, he took off. And Gabe Vincent was another guy, and Max Drewsworn was another guy that was in their system for a couple years, and once they they coaching staff felt that they were ready, they got real opportunities, and you saw how they contributed. Orlando's another guy who's – Orlando and Highsmith are the two guys who have been in their system for quite a bit of time, and that those are the guys in the pipeline right now, right? I guess I guess uh, Bouye – sorry, rest in peace to your boy who got cut. He's another guy. They have, like, guys in their system, like, in, in their pipeline. Orlando's, like, the guy – he and Highsmith, I think – People are most expecting, okay, these are the next guys that they're just going to come out and they're going to be fucking 15-minute-a-game rotation players and the league's going to be like, how do they keep doing it? Yeah, and we saw Lando have great stretches already last year. Um, teams kind of figured him out defensively. He's not uh, – he, he is I'm seven least, feet. I'm less worried about that because – He's young and in this system with this coaching staff that's going to drill. He has all the tools, and he's, he's coming in like a little sponge, absorbing all the SPO knowledge. For defense. You know, it'd be great if you let me say it because you just took everything I was going to say, asshole. No, but he, he is hardworking. He has shown a lot of improvement as uh, he, he's gotten stronger. He looked more chiseled uh, in summer league, and that was definitely an issue. He wasn't – um he wasn't super strong and he could get muscle out muscled in, in uh some of the games uh but you know the we talked about the pick and pop option uh he looked comfortable shooting it was a quick release it wasn't anything like uh redacted uh um would go like this and go really slow and hit, he would hit him but it was like two a game because he took so damn long to, to shoot but he looks comfortable he shot well from the free throw line too he was a uh, good touch inside uh, against smaller defenders and bigger defenders. So he was able to, to really like, they were running offense through Lando, uh, which was surprising, but Jovic was comfortable with him. Uh, uh, Hawkes in the few games that he played with him was comfortable with him. And, and it was, it was good to see uh, defensively. Yeah. There's still questions, but uh, his willingness to learn. And, and like you said, he's got tools, he's got uh wingspan and, they're going to teach that teach him how to play without being a, a top tier athlete. Cause Lando's a big guy, but I'm, I, I question if Lando can dunk. <laughs> he, there's a lot of games where he's just like right there. And he, I'm like, is he, that's a max vert for him. Come on, so buddy. His, his rim finishing last year was, was 67%, which is not bad. It's good. It's in the 77th percentile, 71st percentile for his position, but it's not like great. And he's like springy and long enough that you're right. I think you want that number, that finishing a little higher. Because he's not really a lob threat because he can't really jump. Um, and he's also not a rim protector threat because of that. But as long as he, you know, works on the positioning and, and he's got good bets around him, uh, he listens and, and he's coachable. Uh, I think he could be a, a good rim protector and a decent enough rim protector uh, you know, they mix up the coverages. They they started in drop. They started hedging and, and showing a little more with him on the court as he, he would sprint back and stuff and just to disrupt things. But um, I ultimately, I think he's going to have to be a drop defender because he's uh, not he's higher at the level, though, than, than I think. He, he can't can show. He can't show. He showed yeah. uh, 
good good understanding of angles uh, and taking away and disrupting the, the ball handler. But I think ultimately his biggest strength is going to be from uh, the drop. Latest commissioner says if Duncan's out here dunking, Orlando really has to figure it out. He does. He uh, Duncan's the most athletic Robinson on the on the team. That's, That's crazy. So funny, dude. <laughs> Alpha would have it. Jack, I do you think that Lando's going to be able to shoot enough threes? Because that that's a that's an element I didn't even know. Listen, well, what an exciting thing to find out. What do you mean? Is he going to be able to like, shoot? Is he going sh- like, like, to get be... the opportunity? Yeah, or... like is Spogan, you think Spogan's going to let him? Do you think like he'll be good enough that like he'll take him? Like, because like we I know mean, that Bam can shoot threes, but Bam doesn't take them. It, it's hard to say. Everything's. I mean, Bam's not going to shoot threes this year, guys. Um, it's not happening. Uh, and I'm glad it's not going to happen. They have other bigs right now, who are good shooters. They have Cole Swider. Um, they have Duncan Robinson. They're going to be the best shooting team in the NBA. Um, I'm not I don't know. Lie. I think it's all contingent. It's hard to judge what Orlando Robinson's role is going to be right now because we don't really know what Thomas Bryant's going to be right now. Like, there's so many new pieces. Preseason's going to be telling. Um, who are kind of – preseason's going to be telling. I think it's going to change a lot over the course of the season. We know, like, Spo doesn't really settle into lineups until, like, the spring – so we're going to have plenty of games, I bet, where, like, somebody's not playing and everybody's pissed at Spo because they're like, oh, he hates him. And it's like, no, Spo's just, you know, uh, he, he, he experiments, he's annoying, he doesn't really give a shit about what fans want. Um, so I, I don't know. I think Orlando Robinson will get ample opportunity i'm curious to see what those lineups look like like we talked about with thomas bryant like we could see him in two big lineups with a bam or a kevin love and i think the same applies to orlando robinson if they believe that shooting is real um and i think there's some advantages to that that thomas bryant doesn't necessarily bring um so i'm curious to see it um i he's gonna get the opportunity he just has to hit those shots. Um, and I, I feel pretty confident about it. Like you said, like it's rare that they have a guy in their pipeline this long that just doesn't have it. You mm-hmm. know, I, I do think they move on from guys pretty quickly when they just can't play. Um, some people in the chat have been like comparing Lando to Yurtsevin. I look, no offense to Christian Hernandez, love the man. Yurtsevin never had it. That guy sucked. Like, there was nothing to hang your hat on with him except for a couple of games where he got a bunch of rebounds. I, I just didn't see it with him. With Lando, um, there's, like, in theory, a, a high-level talent that he can bring to the lineup. You know? Like, Yurtsevin didn't have any really sh- big shooting ability. Um Obviously, you weren't going to rely on on him as, like, a post scorer. He wasn't, like, some incredible role threat or something like that. He, he wasn't a defender or anything. He rebounded. He was a big body, and he rebounded. Orlando Robinson conceivably could do the things Yurtsevin could do, but could also shoot the ball, he's which not, is not a, a playable shooter. NBA player. He's also, like, not a horrible free throw shooter. He's, he's at 70%, which I think is huge that for your big man that, that – you have like yeah a, you know, you're, you're G, a percentage. G in the summer league uh 
Lando was first team all summer league, averaged 29.3 points, 9.3 rebounds, 4.6, 57% shooting from the field, and he shot a lot of jumpers. Goddamn. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. He was that dude. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, shout out to Bronx Joker with the tier one sub. 12 months, that's one year, baby. Polter Ghost also says about Yurt, uh, he was great rebounding his own misses. Yes, he absolutely was. Bronx Joker. Always Miami and top. So shout out, shout out, shout out to the legend. Um, and I Vein Hype also resubscribed a tier one for thirty three months, baby. Uh, Schmiethen, Schmiethen says Jack dresses like the boyfriend who gets cheated on in a rom com. He really does. I'm, I'm wearing the suit. I'm wearing the the, the pregame, the old the, uh, Weird the, the Al pregame shows. The too. Suit. Yeah, I really miss the Weird Al pregame show because it was we had hot. As the acronym, we had MHB and we had WAP. WAP. <laughs> it's like this is really the big three of uh <laughs> of South Florida. <laughs> and we were WAP before the song. Oh, we were great. WAP before the song. We were WAPing. We were WAPing before the song. Don't say that. <laughs> Someone we clip that. Oh my god. We chat. You guys gotta clip more. You gotta clip more of our nonsense. You know, we gotta. Ryan's, Ryan's Provero says Jack looks like he's trying to impress a judge. <laughs> I didn't do it. I live in. Really trying to get out of I live park in Denver. Ticket. If I wore a heat hoodie to court, I think I would be put at the bottom of the jail. And bro, if you wear a Denver <laughs> Nuggets hoodie, they're not gonna know either because that city didn't even that they were blacking out games like two years ago because like nobody gave a shit. Wear a Russell. Yeah, it's not a basketball. Thing. Can you wear a Russell Wilson jersey, or will they like try to kill you? I was wearing Dolphins gear the whole week after we dropped seventy on them, and people were just happy for us, man. I I don't know, like, I, nobody believes in the Broncos either. Like, they're just like, yeah, man, this team sucks. Cool performance by y'all. <laughs> like, cool performance. Dog, if that happened, to, if that happened to Heat fans, if we lost by like sixty. I'd fucking hate that fan base for the rest of my life for no reason. I would be Barry Jackson every day and whoever their their Frankie is. <laughs> God. So nice. Denver, Denver, I love Denver. Denver's a nice place. Shout out to Denver. Um right, we don't shout really, out to Denver. We don't have huh? What'd you say? I said shout out to Denver. Oh, shout out to Denver. Um okay. we're running out of time. We you unfortunately like too far. Listen, now. Nico Nico Jovic is for wings. I'm sorry, guys. We're running out of time. We're, we're, we're pushing an hour. We got to get to the big man. We got to get to the arguably most valuable player on the team. You got you to gotta give it to the difference maker, the, the defensive player of all time. Bam, out of the bayou. My goat. Another yeah, year for Bam. Coming off, you know, another superb, superb year. His, his, um, I mean, there's there's not much to say about him. It wasn't, you know, obviously we're what is this one, two, three, four, five? We're in year seven of Bam. Um, kind of know what he is at this point. You know, you can add a little couple things to your game or whatever. Um, let's talk about what we want to see out of Bam, and let's not do the generic stuff. We're like, I want him to score more or whatever, because obviously we all want that. But like, what are actual feasible things that you would want? to see out of Bam this year because a lot's put a lot's gonna get put on him again because he is truly the eraser of all the front office mistakes because he makes he can lift a unit defensively by himself. We've even seen him do it on offense. 
He's 26. He's only 26 years old. He's still getting better. Frankie, I'll start with you, man. What do you What do you want out of him this year? What realistic thing do you want out of him this year? Um, I think the the things that would help the most are his p- handles improving, uh, his finishing improving. He talked about it in a, a uh, recent interview with uh, Anthony Chang, uh, friend of the program, the puppet himself, the puppet himself, uh, about being ten percent better. He t- he really took what um, Coach Malone for Denver said in the playoffs here to heart about we'll live uh, with Bam scoring twenty six on twenty shots. Uh, and he, he's talked about that a lot and just trying to be more efficient. Like he really wants to make the, the mismatches pay. Uh, he's improved his finishing a ton. Like I I think people forget that Bam couldn't make a layup at all by himself. Uh, it was all dunks and nothing else his first year. He's, he's improved a ton. He's added every year to his game, sharpened things, turned, uh, tools into weapons and his mid range last year became a, a serious weapon. I know everybody loves to talk about the three-point shooting, but I don't care about that right now. Like he, sure he can shoot some, uh, add some catch and shoot, add some trailing uh, threes. I, that's nice. I'd rather him take those threes than the long twos, uh, of course. But uh, like in the playoffs, he's they're they're gonna sag all the way off and dare him to hit. And if you're gonna bet your whole fucking season on Bam shooting threes, like I, I don't want to do that. I don't think Spo's gonna want to do that. Like. There, there has to be other ways for him to improve uh, the, the handles, him getting by guys um, ha- has to get a lot sharper. He has the, uh, the left hand. It's, it's better than Jalen Brown's, but he, he has, so, it's so loose. Sometimes it's not strong enough. Um, he bobbles it off his own foot, dribbles off his leg, just loses it. Uh, not, ha- not being confident and strong enough there yet. Um and just developing more in the post and, and working on the finishing, the balances. Um, he has to get a lot better at utilizing his jumper as a threat, jump, pump fake, dribble, go, one, one dribble, hook shot, one dribble, get by a guy. There were, you see flashes of it every now and then. You see him dominate some guys. Um, but I think those are the feasible things that he can continue to work on, continue to, to sharpen, continue to improve on. Uh, because in the playoffs, you see they, they, they got away with putting smaller guys on him. He didn't make them pay enough. He needs to be more physical inside on smaller guys, utilize his speed better uh, against the big guys and, and the jumper. I, I think he's, he's improved a lot, but uh, as the front office shows, they're going to rely on Bam to, Bam's improvements to be the catalyst for how far this team goes. One of the things I want to see more from Bam is kind of a return to what he used to do, right? Which is operating some offense from the elbow. I think that that playmaking element of his has been a little lost. And I think especially this year where they have a lot of new pieces, I would like to see a little bit more of that kind of role for him. And you're happy. I'm going to let you go because I, I want a little bit more of that. And I miss that. They've kind of transitioned to a more pick and roll heavy team. I kind of want to go back and, and see what he can do with, with the new experience he has. I, I'm uh, people not watching the video. Didn't see me nodding vigorously. At, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. What Frankie was saying, I, I agree with all of it and would have, you know, he, he, he stole that from me. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever, Frankie. 
Um, <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. I, I think Bam is the weirdest player to talk about yeah. right now with this Heat team because the projected Bam role was so much different given kind of the trade rumors that were floating around the team, not to dwell on that. But like all of a sudden, the team looks significantly different than you kind of were hoping it was going to. And the biggest beneficiary of some kind of potential trade would have been bam that that was the whole like reason you do that trade um but whatever i mean it, it just means you're going to see him as less of a role threat because you don't have really people to run that with him you know when you get to the guard stuff like we can talk about like yeah what we want to see from tyler hero and what we want to see from duncan robinson and stuff that that's interesting and that's worth talking about on another episode. But and he like, could still be a role threat yeah. out of the handoff or yeah. from the elbow, like, you know, kind of give and dive kind of thing. For sure. But like it, it worked so well for them. Um, I know part of it was them going away from Duncan Robinson and they didn't have as much, I guess, like movement shooting in their regular rotation. Cause like, I don't really think Struess was that. Um, look, if Cole Swider, is hitting these shots like he was in the scrimmage and you have like a Thomas Bryan on the floor sometime you have like Orlando Robinson shooting hot like you've got like shooters to put around him um I I I want to see a return to that like I I do want to see I I know some people hated the DHO stuff DHO shit like got um DeMontis Sabonis MVP consideration. Like, I, I understand it's not going to get banned MVP consideration because he's not European, but like, it it's it works. Jack. It's really like it he, led them to a finals in 2020. Like, it was really effective offense. Um, that was their best offense. Have, like, that was statistically was, their best offense. It was their best offense. I do think Duncan Robinson is like. Has a lot to do that with that, and he's never going to have that season again. But I do think I, I'm so high on Duncan Robinson this season. But bro, he we I, better I do be. Think he's the X factor. We're, we're it can't get worse. We're it praying, Doug. Worse. Doug, we're praying. By the way, Duncan and Bam in the playoffs together last season, 120 offensive rating. Really it looked really good. It was the key to them getting. It was. It was like. It literally saved their season. It literally saved their season. People will talk about Gabe Vincent as like somebody who unlocked things for the Heat um, in the playoffs, and he did. He did. People will talk about Tyler Tyler Hero's absence unlocking things for the Heat. That's bullshit. That's stupid. But playing Duncan Robinson did like unlock a lot of things for them, and like that two man game is important for them, and I want to see it. I, I do think maximizing that and going beyond what just what they did in 2020 relies on a lot of what Frankie said, like his handles. Like that's absolutely what I want to see better him get better at ball security in general. Yeah. Like I know he's had some like hand and wrist stuff. And so that affected his ability to like catch the ball. But like, even when he's completely healthy, Frankie discussed it. Like there's some insecurity when he drives on players, which like, if he's going to take the next step and if he's going to maximize the athleticism and the strength that he has, like that is the key thing. Um, Like you said, also like he's improved a lot as a finisher, but 
he's improved a lot at like taking difficult like shots at the rim, like mm-hmm. in and around the rim. That circle, the little dotted line, uh, the chart circle was cover. actually down last year by five percentage points. He he was at seventy the previous two years. Uh, this is he actually, just doesn't get easy ones. This is his he, lowest he like, mark since his rookie season finishing at the rim. Yeah, because he it's, gets no dunks. <laughs> he gets no lobs. I'm I, sure that was. I like that podcast. <laughs> he 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 get, he had he had to have had like the fewest dunks he had since, like maybe in his career. Like oh, yeah, th- it that, was that, that that absolutely. Which is funny because we talked about Jack mentioned like okay, well you're playing him in pick and roll to get him more kind of roll threat opportunities, but you're not you're not really getting him the easy ones. And part of that is their shooting. People are just like helping off those corner guys because yeah. Just, like, I don't, I don't care if that guy takes a corner three or like, and to be honest with you, like guys struggled. Like Max was a good shooter that struggled. Gabe's a good shooter that struggled. Max was never a Max. Sorry, Max Struess, whatever shooter, not like a good shooter that struggled. He was careful a shooter that careful! had a good strength. Careful. Tiffany Meeks, stop listening right now. Um, Max Struess, on average, is like what he was when he was pretty mediocre like as a shooter whatever his other benefits like i sorry i'm a, I'm a, like, I'm a max guy i'm a max guy Ma- I, I think they're guy. gonna be a much better shooting team this year i think they have a lot more guys bro they better be I a be- they better be nice. a good shooting team i, I can't take it i can't take another year of them like just fucking having mud <laughs> offense chats let's just agenda says don't you ever talk about his son like that ever again that's just an analysis that said Duncan Robinson <laughs> in your face. <laughs> no, uh, but but we were talking about the DHOs uh, a little bit ago, uh, and just to add, like the problem, one of the problems was that Max isn't Max wasn't a great pull up threat. So when you run those DHOs, Duncan was really good at taking an extra dribble to the side and getting open and creating enough space and pulling up. Uh, Max shot twenty nine percent off pull ups last year, so he just couldn't make them pay enough. Um, Duncan was a little bit better at it, but you know, he, he battled the, the playing time issues, the injury issues, Tyler, uh, Tyler was, a, has always had great DHO chemistry with, with Vam too. What? Let's just go. Why is Max suddenly catching straight from the bigs preview? <laughs> well, Not Max for had me, to play, bro. Not for Max me. Max had to play the four a lot. Tiffany Meeks. No, but, uh, the Tiffany DHO. Meeks. I didn't say anything. <laughs> the DHO, uh, offense was over-reliant on, on Duncan and just spamming it for 15 seconds in a shot clock. And when nothing came of it, they would take a, a tough contested shot. That's what happened. This playoff run, they finally flowed into other actions, flipped the ball around and run into things. That's and why I think the thing, they... Frankie, where Duncan would like come off the hand up, get nothing, then screen for the guy in the corner to then come off a, a, his screen and then a handoff. And that guy would be like Jimmy or something. Yes, it, we were asking... Me and... And Bond have been asking for this since the bubble. Like, yo, let Duncan set screen. And Duncan, credit to Duncan and Tyler, they and Gabe too. They all became really great screeners this year. Um, uh, and and they were willing screeners. They got Jimmy and Bam open to the post. But finally, some screen the screener actions. Uh, let the guy set a screen and then run it and get the ball. Steph does that shit all the damn time. If Steph can do it, Duncan can do it. Tyler can do it. Be willing to do it, and, and it helps the offense because it, it makes them harder to 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 get uh, to defend. Um, but that I think those open up a lot of easy runs, a rim runs for uh, Bam stretches the defense, gets the defense moving, gets Bam going head steam, uh, a head full of steam to the rim, 
and that creates great stuff. I I like it. I, and and Jack, Jack, we talked about Bam's passing. Like when they were fought in in Game Five against Milwaukee, when Bam was just running high uh, post off uh, offense and just throwing it down low to Jimmy, running DHOs, and that brought them back in the fourth quarter. Like that stuff, they can easily run. They don't need a point guard to do it. Bam can do that for stretches every game. And and then as Bam improves, gets more confidence in the, the jumper and uh, and gets stronger with the handles, he can go. If they fall asleep. Keeper, boom to the to the rim. I agree. Yeah, I would love to see it. Um, look, people in the chat are getting <laughs> mad about the Max Drews comment. I just want to say, it, it's not about like all of the things he does, but I do think like, in with all this like DHO talk, like Max, that wasn't Max's game. Like whatever you think about him as a shooter, he is a better like, spot up guy than a like guy. as a player. He's not a movement guy in the same way that, like, Duncan is an elite movement guy when he's, you know, playing like we want him to play. Um, it's just a completely different dynamic, um, and I think it's better for Bam, um, especially given, like, what we're talking about, what we want him to do. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to hate on Max Struess. I, I just mean... Like, I, I think that they have some personnel that ideally enables them to get back to kind of that 2020 mode a little bit. And it's necessary, like you're talking about, Frankie, like, they need to figure out all of these arrangements and really lean into them where they are not reliant on a point guard because they're just not going to have that this season. Um, even if, you know, they think they could make a trade midseason, it's not going to be for somebody who's like, it's not going to be for like somebody who makes them a point guard focused team. And even if they do get like some kind of elite point guard in a magic, even let's, let's assume they get Steph Curry mid season. (laughs) It still benefits them to like, to enable bam to operate without a point. guard. If they get James Harden, the dream is dead. I'm all about getting James Harden. Keep PJ Tucker off the heat. Keep I don't PJ. want him back. Get that him. guy sucks. The Stephen A. Get he him lost out of here. The Eastern Conference Finals. Do people not remember that? It was bad. Sucks. It was bad. PJ Tucker. He cost. Oh, yeah. He cost them. I, I don't want him back. No, you're right. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think that's as much as fault as he was hurt. I think that Kyle's hamstring exploding and PJ being hurt and Tyler being hurt and Caleb being hurt is what cost them the series. And Jimmy being hurt, by the way. I know that Jimmy like fucking went crazy last weekend, no. but Jimmy also got Jimmy literally missed a fucking game that series. Let's not forget that. Jimmy missed um, a game in the Eastern Conference Finals. A game. Bam won. Bam won it. Well, that game was horrible. Do you remember that game? Peyton Pritchard. As Mark Jackson once said, the great ones tell their bodies not now. I'm gonna miss so, Mark Jackson. That's a mistake by ESPN. I think that the NBA doesn't realize that they are the meme industrial complex. And they, by taking away Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy, they have taken away memes. I'm going to miss those tweets where it's like Jeff Van Gundy talking about something, Mark Jackson talking about something completely different, and then Mike Breen going, bang, again, from Steph Curry. Like, I, I love it. My favorite tweet format. Without a doubt, I would hit that out of the park. <laughs> that, <laughs> is the, that is the, the two craziest NBA commentator audio things I've ever heard 
is Jeff Van Gundy saying, what even is the second cousin? Like, what are you allowed <laughs> to do with the second cousin? And then Mike Green is like, mercifully, we have a timeout. And it's Jeff, <laughs> it's Mark Jackson talking about Savannah James, LeBron's wife, talking about how hot she is. And then he says he punctuates it with, and I'd hit it out the park. After, after Mike Breen is trying to move the conversation to whatever fucking Cleveland Cavalier is doing. It's, it's, it's art. Bang. What happened to the game? I, I forgot that he said that in a close finals game. Bro. Like, it was, it was not downtime of a game. It was like one of the most exciting Dude. moments of the NBA this season. This man was it, so Things thirsty. were going on. Things, things were happening. Troy Aikman could never. Troy Aikman could never. Um, man, man, guys, it's been fun. Listen, we got a listen. We did an hour and twelve minutes. That's a lot of. Uh, uh, that also includes the five minutes of opening slate. But uh, we did. We did. An, we did over an hour, boys. That was. We had a lot of good stuff. Who's previewing Thomas Bryant like this? Like this show? Am I right, boys? Am I right? Am I right, people? Um, remember to check us out tomorrow. We're gonna be live with a post game show, live doing um covering the the Heat and I believe they're playing Washington tomorrow. Frankie, am I correct? I believe so. I believe they're playing. I believe they're playing. Oh, the Braves won. Good for good for the Atlanta Braves. Um, do we like the Braves? I don't know. Huh? No, no. You don't like you don't. Like I I don't mind them. I do like seeing upsets the in the playoffs because. Baseball fans are the only people when they see a playoffs upset, they go, oh, well, the rules are bad. We need to change the sport to accommodate. Because, like, you I should agree. never have an underdog. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do we not remember the NBA fans saying the Atlanta Hawks didn't have enough rest to face the, the, the one-seated heat? Yes, I remember that. That No, that's fair. And, and I guess they were also mad at the eighth seed beating the one seed. Oh yeah, they they, the they said they said Milwaukee didn't have enough time to scout the Heat. Yeah, uh, no, it's I Jimmy mean, it's Butler incredible. said scout these nuts. <laughs> Anytime you can get like fans in general complaining about like the structures of the sport because things aren't fair, that's just good. That's just good. The, per, the right Premier there. League like needs the more Twitter of that. Deaths. European soccer needs more of that. What happened? But uh, I. I can we talk about this for a second? Because I'm fucking tired of, of fans being upset about upsets. Why? No, Why? I don't, I don't like oh. No, in, in fucking basketball, this whole playoff run, shooting variants. Oh, the Heat don't belong there. The Heat. What? What are we gonna do? What? What are we gonna understand? Fucking HP basketball complaining every single day of what? What? What are we gonna do? What do we know about the game if? If the eighth seed can just get hot and get go to the finals. Hell yeah, brother! Ooh, fucking cry baby ass. Yeah, you tell him. I'm so tired of it, man. Like we watch basketball so the one seed can win every year. No, we want upsets. We want difference. We want to fucking be wrong sometimes. Everybody's always a fucking annoying about about the Heat being uh being good. I like being right. Me and Barry Jackson like being right. Yeah, I'm waiting for Michael Wilbon, by the way. When is he going to ask Georgia Tech to forfeit? He asked Miami to forfeit the Duke win uh, oh all those God, years I ago. Oh, I forgot about that. He's like, oh, the Miami player, his knee was clearly down. Miami should forfeit. Michael Wilbon's a piece of garbage. I hate that guy. He is. Yeah. 
piece fuck my piece of garbage. He's absolutely a piece of garbage. Piece of garbage. Mierda. Mierda, Wolfram. Catch us tomorrow for post-game of Heedhorn. <laughs>